for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! Welcome in! To the Blitz Podcast, I'm your host, not producer today. We're trying a little something new. Uh, got Jaden on the keys today because my laptop decided to take a poop. Uh, but yeah, I am your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz, and I'm joined by my best friend, Mr. Jaden Kozak. And we're here to break down the summer power rankings, man. And we're starting to roll them out. It's one of the most exciting times of the year, at least for us. Uh, it was a good time last year, and power rankings, honestly, over last season became such a huge deal. And the off-season power rankings have been the coolest thing, in my opinion, that we've done. So I think people are going to fucking love as we roll out with these. Uh, we just got the Cardinals episode wrapped up. That was a good one. Um, it's hard to find any local Cardinals fans in Maryland, on the Eastern Shore of Maryland, but... <laughs> Glad we got a hold of Lake for that one. That was good. But how we feeling, man? Feeling pretty good. You know, I'm working in the dark and in the light today. Uh, we'll test this out, see how it works. Uh, but felt very good to get back. Hey, one of the old uh, one of the old sayings: getting back in the swing of things uh, with Lake on that Cardinals episode. But it's good to be back doing it with you again, the OG duo, going back at it. But we're talking Rams today, team that. Uh, Certainly going to have some interesting conversation points around them, so get right into it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so this year, after winning the Super Bowl just two years ago, the Los Angeles Rams come in at 31 on our power rankings. 31 out of 32 teams, let me remind you. Uh, that's a pretty historic downfall in a pretty historically short time period. Um, the last team that I can remember with such a terrible fall from grace is the maybe the Ravens team with Joe Flacco that won the Super Bowl in 2012 they gave him the contract and their window was closed two years after that I mean can you really think of any more epic collapses since winning a Super Bowl uh I feel like the 0-2 Bucks kind of had a similar situation happen to them mm. but not really now I mean most of your you got to think a lot of these teams that won rings were led by Tom Brady over the last, at least, you know, the last 10, 15 years, what, four or five of them were led by Brady. Um, so those teams never really fell apart. I mean, the Packers were always a playoff team in it, but nothing like this where they fell completely out of playoff contention. You know, even just going from two seasons ago when they won the Super Bowl to this past season where you know, they had some injuries happen, but usually a Super Bowl team can sustain injuries. That's why they were able to go win a Super Bowl, and the Rams weren't just able to do that, and now here we are ranking them 31st. And a lot of things absolutely contributed to that 31 ranking um, all around the board, uh, but I can't wait to dive into it. So without further ado, let's move into the quarterback evaluation of the Rams this season. And they have Matthew Stafford, former Detroit Lion, 
now a Ram, came over in a trade, won a Super Bowl. Things seem to be going really well. And then you head into next or this past year, and phew, it was a dumpster fire in L.A. Uh, you had injuries all across the board, and Matt Stafford did not avoid them for sure. He was victim to an elbow injury, which was similar to Tommy John, which caused a lot of concern for me. And I remember us talking about it in the moment. And then he had some back problems, I believe. I mean, Mitchell would be the guy that could best explain all that. But, I mean, from his write-up that I saw, it doesn't seem like he's too optimistic on Matthew Stafford this season. Um, But, you know, he is returning. He's been pretty limited in his throwing sessions. But it seems like he's going to be a starting quarterback for this year. They're signed up another year for Matt Stafford. Um, I'm interested to see how it pans out uh this isn't the same matthew stafford we saw win a super bowl just two years ago um in the games that he played he was hurt but he just didn't really look like that guy and if he's gonna keep being hurt then he's not gonna be the guy that he was before it's pretty cliche to say but not all guys can play until they're 42 like tom brady can and Matt Stafford is already 35 years old. So his career could be coming to an end after this year. But do you have any hope for Matthew Stafford going into this season? Hope is a strong word because obviously yeah. hope implies that we think that they've got he's got a chance to do something special like he did, especially when we're talking about hope for a guy like this. You know, that's kind of the expectation. But... I don't see a world where he returns to being that guy again, especially with the elbow. I think there's a higher chance that he misses 12 games or something along those lines. And if he plays all 17, like I legitimately think that, I mean, remember we were, I remember this time last year, there were conversations about is Matt Stafford going to play this year? Like this is like, this is serious stuff. McVay was even saying in the press conferences and you know, they try coaches try and be like, Oh no, he's fine. You know, well, he was like, I'm, I'm legitimately worried. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I'm, I'm worried about his arm and how his playing career and how that's going to pan out for a little bit, but it's, it's not good. And we, you know, we'll talk more in depth about the rest of the roster, but if there's no Matt Stafford on this team, I mean, we're talking about a team that might not win a game. Like roster wise, I mean, obviously the coaching is going to add a little bit, and it's hard to not win. It's hard to go over in the NFL now, but this is a very bad team if he goes down, and I just feel like there's a high likelihood that that happens. It's a throwing arm injury, like that's legit stuff. And if he has even just has problems with it, much less it sidelines him that really, really hurts the outlook for this team. And it's part of the reason why we've got him so low. Yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but he didn't have surgery for that elbow, right? I'm not entirely sure. I can look. Um, yeah. Like look it up real quick, but I'm like, I'm pretty positive that he did not have surgery on that elbow. And when it, when the word or phrase Tommy John is thrown out, uh, when it comes to elbow injuries, yeah, no uh, Tommy John surgery is usually required. Yeah, no surgery you know? for him, but still, not, not great, not great. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I now knowing like for sure that he didn't have the surgery. I, 
I have really no hope that Matthew Stafford can get back to being the same quarterback that he was. Like, I mean, an elbow, especially the way that Matthew Stafford throws, like he's a big, like there's clips of him throwing sidearm like all the time. And he's kind of like that snap throw quarterback. And I mean, with any quarterback, your elbow is going to fuck you up if it is hurt. But I think with Matthew Stafford, it's a huge deal. And yeah, I think we'll probably see the end. I mean, it really lines up that way. It seems like Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Sean McVay, and Matthew Stafford are all just going to get together in Cabo or wherever, and they're just going to be like, all right, like it's it's been real, but this is probably it for all four of us. And I think they'll do it all at the same time, and I think it's coming soon. But sooner rather than later for Matthew Stafford, for sure. But yeah, all right. Let's move on into our next segment, and that is the Playmakers. And there's really one guy here to mention. We'll, we'll get around to the others, but there's really one guy that we need to list off the top, and that is Mr. Cooper Cup. I mean, the dude is absolutely ridiculous. He did, along with his buddy Matt Stafford, get injured last year. He did not play a full season, but in the nine games that he did play, he was outstanding as I rip out my earplug. Uh, but he was outstanding in the nine games that he did play. Uh, he was in second in targets and catches only behind Tyreek Hill. We'll get more into Cooper Cup as far as production goes going into this season uh, when we hop into fantasy. Um, but the thing that concerns me is the connection with Matthew Stafford. I mean, he did play a a portion of the season without Matthew Stafford last year, but not really. Like, I mean, when Matt Stafford stopped playing, like, correct me if I'm wrong, Cooper Cup stopped playing too. Like, they didn't play a – I know Matt Stafford tried to force himself in and Cooper Cup just kind of shut himself I think I think Cup shut himself down or was down, shut down but prior – I think Cup was shut down prior to – froze for a sec just like repeat what you said you went silent too um also we didn't do fantasy for cardinals because i kind of figured we just cover um any like production stuff in when we're talking yeah about okay cardinals. that makes most sense um yeah all right I, I you re- said that and probably what happened when you said that i opened canva to try and hurry up and download fantasy before it would come up um and as soon as you as soon as i down opened canva that's when something started happening so probably not a good idea but um i'll just i'll just re-say it for cooper cup and weapons and oh i can notice that you changed the name from weapons to playmakers was that because some people might be alarmed at the word weapons no it wasn't it was because just like weapons (laughs) to me think feels like pass versus playmakers can be running backs because like when I hear weapons, I don't think of Nick Chubb, but playmakers, right. you know. Personally, I think of an AK-47, but, right. you know. Okay, fair. Also fair. <laughs> All right. Okay. So are you just going to start back up the top? Yeah, from for playmakers. All right. All right. So let's move on to the playmakers section for the Rams. And there's one guy that's so obvious that we'll mention off the top. And it is Mr. Cooper Cup, who had the most receiving yards ever in a single season two years ago uh, in route to a Super Bowl win, which was pretty fucking impressive. Uh, But going into the next season, this past season, he was good. He was good in the games that he played. 
Along with his buddy Matt Stafford, he also struggled with injury problems. Uh, after week nine, he was no longer playing. Um, but weeks one through nine, he was second in targets and second in yards and second in catches behind Tyreek Hill, who was having a crazy season to start the year last year. But point being is Cooper Cup was still Cooper Cup despite Stafford's inability to be as good as he once was. Like, he was still doing his thing. This offense manufactures touches for Cooper Cup, and they're going to get him the ball no matter who the quarterback is, uh, no matter what the situation is. He's going to get 10-plus catches a game basically every single game. So this is a guy you can rely on, uh, both in fantasy, and this is basically the only guy that you can legitimately rely on on this offense, and it's not too bad of an option to turn to when you have a record breaker in your receiving core. But what do we think Cooper Cup's going to do this year? I mean, Matt Stafford's probably going to take a step down, another step down this year, and Cooper Cup's also coming off of an injury. I mean, he missed... Eight games last year, nine games with an injury to end the season. So he might not be the same guy that we once knew. But all reports out of camp are that he does feel pretty good about his injury. But what do you see the uh, the production looking for, uh, looking like for Cooper Cup this year? Yeah, I mean, his injury worries me less at least for his fantasy production and even real production and but what injures me more is probably Stafford's injury because obviously he's connected to Stafford um and it's not like they've got like a Jacoby Brissett option uh waiting in the fold it's Stetson Bennett who had a fine college career but is not somebody that I'm sure (laughs) I can trust in the NFL uh on a week-to-week basis just simply because he I don't I'm not a big fan of guys that need the age advantage in college to win, uh, you know, really at any position and at quarterback, especially because, you know, you've seen college defense for now four or five, six years. uh, And that's why he was so dominant in addition to the fact that he had such a nice surrounding cast around him. Now, will he still get force fed the ball? Probably, but his efficiency is just not going to be as high with Stetson Bennett as opposed to Matt Stafford. And again, it's not a guarantee that Matt Stafford gets hurt, but it's just that's going to be baked into the risk of am I drafting Cooper Cup this year? Is Am I going to get a full season out of Matt Stafford? And the answer is probably no. The only thing that, you know, maybe fixes that in your head a little bit is, well, who else are you going to throw the ball to? Like, who, how are they spreading this ball around? Uh, you know, a unit that has a guy that a lot of people could make an argument that this is the best receiver in the NFL when he's healthy, and this group of playmakers we have ranked at 27th. Like, more times than not, one guy can bring you that high, but that just kind of shows the lack of talent they have in this room comparatively with the rest of the league that has so much talent at these positions. And I'm worried for this offense as a whole, but I think Cooper Cup himself will be fine. Yeah, I also think he'll be fine. Like, I'm concerned. Obviously, Cooper Cup's value is brought down. Uh, because if there is no Matt Stafford at quarterback, because they have such a good connection. But as I said, this offense will manufacture touches for, like you said, probably the best receiver in the NFL when he's healthy. So I don't have too much concern. I think even without, if Matthew Stafford doesn't play a game this year, I still think that Cooper Cup's a top 10 
the borderline, but he's probably still a top ten receiver. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna get force fed, and again, like we're looking at Van Jefferson, Ben Skoranek, Tyler Higby. I mean, I know you'll go in your Higby rant here in a minute, but um, those guys aren't really eating into Cooper Cup's touches, and we've seen it even with this offense. I know that you know Stafford gets a lot of the not hate for it, but he gets a lot of not blame either. But there, a lot of people point to him as to why Cooper Cup's getting so many looks, but. You know those looks are baked into their playbook, and he doesn't define his reads. McVeigh does, so if McVeigh is running out Stetson Bennett, he's probably going to have Cooper Cup as the first read on eighty percent of the plays that they run. I mean, we saw that when they had Robert Woods, we saw that when they had Allen Robinson last year. Doesn't really matter who else. You know, I've got Van Jefferson as a breakout candidate because these targets need to go somewhere, and I mm-hmm. think Van Jefferson looked pretty good in the uh, 2021 season before Odell really started to break out and get his footing in the offense. But it, none of those guys scare me away from Cooper Cup. And of the guys that are in the top, when you're talking fantasy, we're talking Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek. Those guys, Devontae Adams, all have somebody there, whether it be Jalen Waddle, Jordan Addison, T. Stephon Higgins. Uh, all, I mean, yeah, like Gabe Davis. um even Hunter Renfro and Jacoby Myers to an extent, there's nobody, you know, even running backs, tight ends included, that I'm like, oh, well, they're going to take his targets. Like I put in here jokingly, like Cooper Cup might have 200 targets this year, and he he might get very close, if especially if Stafford plays a full season. So, Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I mean, I've said it like three times, manufacturing touches. They're like, it's going to get sickening how much they like force the ball to him. It might not even work, but he's going to get like 15 to 20 catches a game. So I agree with you there, but he'll set the record on most weeks. Yeah. You know, no big deal, but you did mention somebody a little interesting. Uh, That is Van Jefferson. Um, I also like you mentioned he's your breakout candidate. Like I also think that Van Jefferson is going to have a really good year this year and people really haven't been paying attention to it too much. He is the clear number two in this offense. Um, If Matthew Stafford does play a full season, the number two wide receiver in this offense will be very valuable, not just in fantasy, but for this team's success. Uh, Van Jefferson will be a very nice piece to have. Uh, People forget, like, he missed most of last year. uh, But in 2021, he he had 20 more targets than Robert Woods did. And Robert Woods, if we forget, Robert Woods was expected to be the wide receiver one going into the Super Bowl season what, for the Rams. What week did Robert Woods get hurt, though? Because in 2021, Woods, that is got, a good question. Woods got hurt when, o, like, Woods got hurt and then, or no, Odell signed and then about two days later it came out that Woods tore his ACL. Might have been opposite right. order, but regardless. So that well, might, what if I put it this way? He had more targets than Robert Woods and OBJ combined that season ah so you know that yeah because like i said when he for those first couple weeks where woods was down he was getting the wide receiver two looks because odell didn't quite have his footing yet he wasn't playing a full snap count uh and i think we could see that this is a guy who can get open down the field and i'm not gonna say it's a guy that matt stafford trusts because the only guy that matt stafford trusts wears number 10 but He's got to throw it to somebody else because it's not like it's not the shock factor that it was in 2021. Like, oh, we now need to triple team Cooper Cup. Like, right. pe- people are hip to that now. And now, <clears throat> some like I said, somebody's got to get the targets. 
And somebody's got to spread the field for Cooper Cup. Yeah. Like, again, somebody's got to. Van Jefferson is not an option for you if you're in 10 or 8 man league. Like, you're. I'm talking 12, probably not even 12, like 14, 16 team leagues is when you're looking at Van Jefferson because it's just quite honestly, this is not an offense I want to invest in. I don't think this is going to be a very good offense. Obviously, it's not going to be a very good team. And it's this is not even the worst it gets if Stafford's not there. This is an offense that, you know, I'd be scared to touch Cooper Cup like at his value anyway. Uh this is not an offense I want to have a whole lot of. So again, deeper leagues and I know we're turning this into a fantasy thing a little bit, but Van Jefferson is my breakout candidate, but don't be surprised if he doesn't exactly pop. Yeah, for sure. It, he'll he'll spread the field, he'll open it up, and he's a clear and obvious deep threat for whoever's throwing the ball for L.A. this year. Uh, but another guy who I think might have some fantasy impact this year, um, and we got to start rolling through these uh, playmakers, but Tyler Higby, I really do think that he could have a pretty nice year this year. Um, he's not... He's not one of the best tight ends in the league. That's that's not. He's not one of the most talented guys. He's not somebody that you watch and you're like, yeah, that's that's a really good tight end. Like, of course, that's why he's getting all the targets. And, like, that's not what happens when it comes to Tyler Hickby. But something in their offense tells them to continuously throw the ball to Tyler Hickby. Such a name. Uh, but after Cooper Cup got out last year, past week nine, Higby was the primary option for this Rams offense, and it really wasn't that close. The Rams threw the, to their tight ends fourth most of any team after Week 11, after Cooper Cup was out. And Higby finished the year with 108 targets behind only like three other wide receivers, one of them, or three other tight ends, one of them being Travis Kelsey. And he had a whopping over 98% target share in the red zone. He was being thrown the ball over 98% of the time when they got down to the red zone. He only had three touchdowns, so obviously that didn't correlate. But all that tells you that they're going to get Higby involved this year, and they like him a lot. So I like Higby. Uh, Cam Akers, uh, I'll kind of just brush over him a little bit. Like, I think he has a lot of potential. Like, He had a great stretch to end the year last year. He had three games in a row with over 100 yards uh, on the ground. Um, over the last six weeks of the season, he was RB4 in fantasy. So, like, I mean, he had his stretch during the end of the year, but something tells you that they're not fully confident in Cam Akers because they literally just signed Sony Michelle today. And also there was a lot of talk last year about Kyron Williams. He's coming back. He's got his rookie year under his belt. Second-year backs do tend to do really well in the league. So you could see Kyrie Williams, you could see Sony Michelle. So I don't think it's going to be Cam Akers' backfield anymore. I don't think he has the same explosiveness that he did. He did show flashes of it at the end of last year, so I think a lot of that potential is there. But I think Cam Akers, it, it's going to be a three-man committee in my opinion. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. All right. That was kind of lengthy on the, uh, the playmakers, but let's move on to our next segment, which is the – front uh the offensive line sorry you know sequencing and shit you know it's it gets tough sometimes but i'll hand it over to you man if you want to highlight any uh particular offensive lineman for the los angeles rams because it is may i put it kindly a shit show 
Go ahead. Yeah. See, the funny thing is, I don't because this is this is a uh, this is a rough group, man. I mean. You got Steve Avila coming in, who was a guard that I liked. That thought he was a second-round player. They got solid value there, and he's going to start for them. Uh, Joe Joseph Noteboom, who they paid uh, kind of in the Jordan Mailata contract, where there was little signs of development, and so let's lock him down for like a little bit below top market, but way more than what he's worth right now, and hopefully he fills into that contract as Jordan Mailata did. However, didn't really show a whole lot of signs of that last year. Uh, and I believe he suffered an injury later in the season, uh, a la 2022 Rams, because duh. Um, and never really, we never really got to see that development. Uh, I have my breakout candidate as Logan Bruss. Uh, he was a third-round pick last year. Uh, had a camp injury, wasn't able to play for the rest of the season. I think he's uh, he's obviously slated to start at guard right now. But this is our 32nd-ranked unit in the NFL. This is one of the worst singular units in the NFL, obviously being ranked as the worst offensive line. Um, it was their unraveling last year was how bad the offensive line was in addition to the injuries, and I think that there's a pretty high likelihood that it is their unraveling this year as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you mentioned they brought in Avila uh, with a draft pick, so like that was nice. I mean, he was highly evaluated by a lot of teams uh, I was watching the draft coverage and apparently Bill Belichick was a big fan which you know if the greatest football coach of all time is a fan uh, you know he's probably going to be a pretty good prospect maybe um, but yeah this offensive line is terrible and it brings me major concerns when it comes to 35 year old ailing uh, double injury Matthew Stafford um, he could play like three two or three games and just get trounced behind the line of scrimmage and that's it for his career. And so the other thing to add is this offensive line doesn't help. Like we we wanted I when we were putting this together, I did kind of want to split it up into passing game and running game and stuff like that just to be able to highlight the running backs a little bit more, uh but it just it didn't end up working out, but if there was a ranking, I think the Cam Akers Kyron Williams duo is probably ranking in the bottom 4 or 5. And the fact that this is a very porous offensive line would probably make that the worst rushing attack in the NFL as well. So you really don't have a whole lot of options. This is a they're they're trying to add guys that can help them run block, but it's still going to be one of the worst units in the NFL, and that means that it's going to be very predictable passing the ball. And if these guys can't pass protect and Stafford goes down, their season's already over anyway. So pretty rough. Yeah, and it gets more the same when you head over to the uh, the front seven for the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, this unit is highlighted by one of the best defensive players of all time in Aaron Donald. And that's it. It's Aaron Donald, and there's really nobody else. I mean, in our write-ups, we talked about the stars and scrub approach and how it doesn't work if you only have one star and your scrubs are borderline NFL players. Uh, yeah, that's not the best recipe for success. Uh, they say goodbye to guys like, even like they've had that starts and scrubs approach, and then they got rid of guys like Leonard Floyd, who was you could have called him. I wouldn't call him a scrub because I thought he was pretty good. He's, but he's like, like your middle, like because they're stars and they're scrubs, and they had a couple yeah. guys that were in the middle, but nothing right. And, like, I I thought Leonard Floyd was pretty good. I thought he should stay with the team. And then he goes, like, super cheap somewhere else. But 
it's guys like that that you let go that I can't understand. It's Aaron Donald and nobody else, unless you would like to elaborate. Yeah, I mean, it's it is really Aaron Donald and everybody else, and it it felt like it was like that for a little bit, but then you know they had obviously Von Miller in the Super Bowl year, then they brought in Bobby Wagner last year, um, and then still had Leonard Floyd. And they've even had guys that are just like average NFL starters, you know, Sean Robinson. They had Michael Brockers, I believe, two years. I can't remember if he was on the Super Bowl team or not. But, you know, they've had okay guys and then the scrubs as well. But now it really does feel just like Aaron Donald and everybody else. And you're really hoping from some large development from some of these guys. You know, Byron Young uh, was, I believe, their third or fourth round pick uh, this year. He's going to start for them immediately. Uh, Ernest Jones at linebacker is one of the more underrated players in the NFL just because of that notion that it is Aaron Donald and everybody else. Ernest Jones is a solid NFL linebacker, but he's not moving the needle for you. Um, Really, if it was anybody other than Aaron Donald, like if it was like, I don't know, a guy that's a tier below Aaron Donald, like if it was DeForest Buckner here or somebody like that, this is probably your last unit in the league maybe. And also maybe if Arizona didn't exist. Uh it's it's pretty rough here and Aaron Donald this is going to take years off of his career is getting he's literally going to get double and triple teamed on every single play all year long as if he you know I'm not saying that he hasn't been like that for the majority of his career but there's not a single other player on this front seven that can win one on one so nobody's going to care about anybody else as long as they can put one body on one of the Rams bodies and the whole thing will be locked down and, like, I mean, to add fuel to that fire, like, Aaron Donald, like, threatened retirement in the offseason. I don't – I – and maybe we'll talk about this when we go full, like, big picture analysis. Why didn't he – why didn't they just trade him? You know, you're getting rid of Jalen Ramsey. You definitely have to be aware that three stars plus an XFL roster does not equal winning football. Trade Aaron Donald while he still has value. Like – I thought that he would be – I thought Jalen Ramsey would be worth more than a third-round pick, so maybe that's the reason why is, you know, he just wants to maybe ride this year out. But I don't think he wants to go out like this. If he wanted to retire early, he would have retired a Super Bowl year. Just give the – the guy got you a Super Bowl. He's been loyal to you for, you know, however many 10-plus years now. Let him go be on a contender is my take on this. I just – I don't see the reason why they're holding him hostage here. Not that he – I don't have any insider information that Aaron Donald wants out. Yeah. But if I do, I will let you all know, I promise. <laughs> See, like, that's it. That's what I was going to say. Like, I think it's more like Aaron Donald wants to stay a Ram and retire a Ram. So, like, he, if he does it early, he'll do it early. But I think it's more that Aaron Donald just does it. Because he came up with, like, he spent his whole career there. Like, McVay drafted him. Like, he's been... A, he's been a Ram since they had the old, really shitty uniforms. He wants like, to. He I wants mean, to come he's... home to Pittsburgh. That's what he wants to do. That okay. is my inside right. source. I will. I will drop that on you guys. I'm sorry, dude. You know how good he would look in a Steelers uniform next to Cam and TJ. Oof. Oh my god. Yeah. All right. Let's not speak that into existence. I need to, let's I not need do to that. take a break here in a minute. You stop it. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's move on from the front seven uh, into the secondary. And I was looking at my phone earlier at the graphic, and I don't know a single name 
out of the secondary. So I'll go ahead and hand it over to uh, my expert, Mr. Jaden Kozak, who put together the graphic and stuff. You could have at least acted like you knew who they were or like knew their names <laughs> nope. because we are I, a football podcast and there are a couple Rams fans. Like, I'll never listen to this again. Well, but, I'm not embarrassed. Like, yeast. Oh, Russ Fuller, Yeast. And not, Russ yeast. not one of the Fullers that like are actually good at football. Like, it's another Fuller. Jay Fuller. C. Durant, Rochelle I've heard of, and Kendrick. Oh, you don't know Darian I, Kendrick, dude from Georgia? Come on. Yeah, you know, yeah, I shouldn't have that, but so, I'll hand it to yeah. you. I mean, expert in that. Yeah, I, uh, I was very disrespectful in the unit analysis. This is probably as disrespectful as I was like, do you know who number four is? You probably don't, which means he <laughs> probably shouldn't be the big player for a unit of an NFL team. Jordan Fuller, again, he's a fine player. He's an average NFL starter, maybe a below average NFL starter. Shouldn't be the big player on anybody's graphic. And the fact that he is, is why it's very concerning that this is what they're going to be running out this year. This is why this is the 32nd ranked unit. Uh, this is why a guy in Trey Tomlinson, who is a five, seven, fifth to sixth round pick, I believe, um, could very well see the field very early. Uh, that's why uh, Mitchell had him as a breakout candidate for us. Um, the Rams have had a history of being able to bring in smaller corners. The biggest example is Darius Williams uh, at 5'8". They had and they were able to find success in him because of this quarter scheme that they run. And Trey Tomlinson, I think, will be pretty good in it just because he's a smart football player he's a good athlete the only problem is he's five seven but when you don't have to play press coverage all the time you can do that um also nephew of Ladanian tomlinson as well so he's got some nfl lineage to him as well um, you know it's bad you know it's bad when we're talking about the lineage the yeah, players we, got, attributing we need to do this with all the players just talk success. about their parents and their uncles and stuff when it's like a really bad unit like this i don't care who they are just talk about their just talk about their family the blitz family edition uh yeah darion if i because you know me and mitchell kind of split the write-ups if i did the breakout candidate it probably would have been darion kendrick for me i like uh, a lot of what he does he's your prototypical uh size speed corner jo- won that national championship with georgia not this past season, but the season before. Uh, but I thought he started to, started to show some strides towards the end of the year last year when uh, they were really not playing for anything. But, you know, is what it is. This, like we said, this is... I said it in the unit analysis. This is the worst unit in the NFL, and the only argument was two years ago, or two slides ago with the Rams offensive line. Yeah, like the worst overall unit. That is And they've got terrible. two of them. Come on, LA. What do you think? They won a Super Bowl two years and, ago. Yeah. And they were pretty good before that, too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was because of their head coach, Mr. Sean McVay, who was probably the only. No, it's not probably. He is the only reason that the Rams are not the worst football team in the league this year. Like, Sean McVay. I. I don't know if I want to have an all-time conversation. Like, I mean, he does have a Super Bowl ring. He's been to two. So, like, he's probably up there all-time. I mean, what really is the lore around Sean McVay is he came in so young. And he came in with this, like, 
brilliant offense, never before seen in the league, and he can do crazy things with it. And now we're see- we've seen it with Cooper Cup. We've seen it with Matthew Stafford. Like once he was given the weapons, that offense took flight, and his offense was phenomenal with Jared Goff at the helm. You know, so he's done amazing things while in LA, but it seems like he's not going to get back to that same success anytime soon. So it leads me to wonder, like, he's got that TV deal waiting in the wings. So it's it makes me wonder, that, is he, like, is he mentally locked in this year? Or is he kind of just like, this is my last year before I head over and grab my bag of money for broadcasting? It definitely, I again, I said it with Aaron Donald, I don't know why they didn't just do that this past offseason. You got your ring, then all of this happened and you could go into next year with a clean slate and now you got your draft picks back. Now you don't have McVay, who's a guy that as young as he is, you'd want to have him in a rebuild, but odds are, man, he can make so much more money in TV. And then if he really wants to, he can come back after he's done with TV, after he feels like he's got the itch again, which I'm, you know, if he ever were to go to TV, I wouldn't give him very long to the, until he comes back into football. But why not just blow it up? Why why play this game where, you know, maybe Stafford does win you a couple games and moves you out of the Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison, Drake May sweepstakes that we're going to have ensue this season? Uh, and, you know, potentially, again, give him to your division rival in the Arizona Cardinals. Is like I know that you're really not like, man, should we really tank because another team in our division might get the number one pick? But it, it's got to be looming, and when you've had this mindset for so long, you had to know that at some point this was going to come back to bite you. Like I put it in the write up, um, for just like their, again, their big picture analysis. This will be the first time that they're picking in the first round since 2016 with Jared Goff. Mm. Their last first round pick was the number one pick with Jared Goff. Holy shit. Fuck them picks. Mm-hmm. And again, been the mentality. it got you a Super Bowl, so it's worth it. You know, mm-hmm. I always think about when you're like asking, is something worth Think about basketball reference. Think about the Raptors with Kawhi. They traded for one season of Kawhi. They got a championship. He left in free agency and gave them nothing back in return. But you got a championship out of it, and you can ride on that for a while. And the Rams can be bad for the next couple years, and it's not going to hurt that bad because they've got a ring. But you want to try and get another one, <laughs> and... Riding it out with this Stafford contract. Like, I don't know who's trading for Stafford, but I know someone will trade for Aaron Donald, and I know someone will trade for Cooper Cup, and we already saw someone will trade for Jalen Ramsey at the right price. But, yes, it to the point of Sean McVay is the only reason why they're not 32. Like, you can see the difference between the Cardinals, who are 32 with the 32nd-ranked coaching staff, and the Rams sitting at 7. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, I, I don't know. Under- They've got to know something. They've got to have some kind of faith going in. Like, something's telling them that they can run it back one Because it seemed like everybody was set up to leave after last year. Like, I mean, Aaron Donald was fighting in retirement. Matthew Stafford had been injured. Sean McVay had the TV contract. Like, Cooper Cup's coming off a major injury. Like, it, it, all the stars were aligning. But something has to tell McVay that there is a chance this year. So, like... I don't know. That's why I wanted to say that this team has a really wide range of outcomes. Uh, But to get into that talk, let's take a look at the schedule, shall we? So, the schedule. Uh, According to Strength of Schedule, they have the ninth hardest schedule in the league. 
Uh, the over-under in Vegas right now is six and a half wins. Over-under that mark, my guy. I am I have to say under just because, like, we saw the team that was uh, just at 32 with the Cardinals. They were four and a half. So that's a, two whole wins. And we said Sean McVay's the difference. Does Sean McVay really get you two wins? That's the question. Two more wins than the Cardinals do with Gannon. And that's, you know, that win total with the Cardinals is baked into the fact that Kyler Murray could come back at pretty much any given moment and hit that over for you pretty much. Um, I'm going to, I have to go under here, man. Like if you take a look at this roster, all it takes is one injury from Matthew Stafford, who's old and coming off an injury, Cooper Cup, who's coming off an injury and Aaron Donald, who's old Er, but one of those guys gets removed and like I we're talking about a historically bad roster if one of those guys if Aaron Donald gets injured this is one of the worst defenses in the history of the NFL not even joking yeah. like this is there's no source of optimism there's no well this guy is a promising prospect there's no first round picks there's no second round picks there's no anybody on this defense if Aaron Donald goes down it's Ernest Jones leading the defense and yeah. like, and like, there's a talent gap drop off that's pretty significant from Ernest Jones to the next closest guy. Yeah, and your See, average NFL fan doesn't even know who Ernest Jones is. Right. Exactly. Like, imagine like same principle applies to the offensive line. Like, if one if one of the already terrible offensive linemen go down, think about how then, bad the like, next guy is. Yeah, exactly. Like you're you're hot, you're bringing in the guy who checks the receipts at Walmart. Like I don't even know what you're doing at that point. Like it's dire straits in LA. I will say that this team has a very range of outcomes because, like I said, there's some kind of voodoo magic that's telling Sean McVay that they there is something here this season, you know, and something telling Stafford and something telling Cup and something telling Donald. Like all these guys, there's some reason to come back so like that makes me want to believe that they can go on a little run of it but looking at all the information available to us the key word or the key phrase there available to us because obviously they know something that we don't this is going to be one of the worst seasons in, in Rams history like I don't know so I'm going to go the under on it as well uh Probably because Matt Stafford doesn't play a whole year, and then it's just a train wreck from there. So yeah. any any of, like you said, any of those guys. If Aaron Donald gets injured, like it's it's a train wreck. You, it's just a wait. One injury, and this season is over. So I'll go under. Yeah, probably a solid idea. It's yeah. uh, and especially like it's this is not like your usual. This team finished in last place in the division schedule. They have the ninth hardest schedule in the NFL next year. They've got a couple, like, they start the season, Seattle, San Francisco, Cincinnati. Then they got to go to Indy, and then they get Philly. And then they go on another run to, after the bye week, they get Seattle, then they get a break in Arizona, but then they go Cleveland, Baltimore, Washington, New Orleans, Giants, San Francisco. Like, that's a pretty rough schedule and I mean even the middle I basically just listed off their entire schedule out of order but in the middle they get Pittsburgh Dallas and Green Bay three weeks in a row so it's I just I can't see them winning seven of those games I think they probably split with Arizona and then I'm like looking around I'm like yeah they might beat the Colts 
They might beat the Commanders. I can't I can't find a guaranteed win on their schedule. So to get them to seven yeah. is gonna it's it's just way too much for me to try and to start find. to start your season with Seattle, San Fran, and then the Bengals. That's yeah. like that's a gauntlet. And then you play the Colts, but then you've got the Eagles. Like, good God. And that's gonna bring down some confidence from the team and like okay let's say every game that we're like looking at it and it's not like oh this is going to be rough so indy arizona let's even throw green bay in there just for shits and giggles green bay i'm sorry but pittsburgh okay buddy all right watch us all right well in the command come on the games that they might win Fuck you. Games that they might win, yes. I'll put Pittsburgh into that conversation. If you're going to put Green Bay into that conversation, let's put Pittsburgh. Do you know what T.J. Watt will do to that offensive line? That <laughs> that will be Matt Stafford's last game. Call it right now. That will be Matt Stafford's last game. Right you don't there. speak things like that I'm not into speaking existence into, okay, on this I am program. Into existence. I'm not hoping for it, but I'm telling you it's going to happen. I'm warning you. T.J. Watt, that, that week, week seven, he's done. He's cooked. You're but You're TJ Watts Grim Reaper. Yeah. His okay. personal Grim Reaper. But let's let's just do it for the okay. Let's even throw Pittsburgh in there, you fucking asshole. Um Arizona twice, that's two. Indy, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, Washington, New Orleans. Those are the seven and let you know, let's do the Giants. That's eight games where even if we saying they're definitely gonna win those, they're only clearing that by a game and a half. Are we yeah. saying that they're definitely going to win all eight of those games? No. No. Uh, no. Absolutely. No. No. This is it's a sad. this is the best bet, honestly. Like, this is yeah. like if we're putting together a over under parlay, this is on it. They're gonna they're gonna put together like they're gonna have some crazy win against one of those teams that we didn't mention. Uh, they're gonna have an unexpected win against one of those teams, but I mean I. Seven's a matter. hard number they're, to get to, man. Like they didn't get yeah, to seven last year, and they had Jalen yeah. Ramsey all year. Yeah, they could. They're probably not going to win seven games this year, and it gets even worse as you go down the line. But let's get into it. All right, as kind of a wrap up segment here, uh, we got the rankings, the overall rankings for the Los Angeles Rams this year. Their offense comes in at twenty eighth out of. 32 teams in the National Football League, which, if you were to tell me a year ago, a team with Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup was going to be 28th in offense, I would have told you you're absolutely crazy. But that's what's happening. And the defense, despite having the best defensive player of all time, arguably, they are 32. So this Rams team really does not have have any hope and coming for this year and as i said it gets even worse as you look out uh we've got the the uh, championship window uh for every team in our rankings and we're saying it's close it's three to four years away now this is you gotta go full rebuild they already started some of it with trading away jalen ramsey but they gotta it's like they did like some of it and just stopped working on it like what are you what are you doing you gotta complete the process the championship window, if you trying to like look at it, it's like a circle. And there's like a little window at the top when you're in the window. And they're like at like two o'clock right now. Maybe two thirty. They're le- they're out of the window and they've got to go all the way back around to get back in it again. 
That's and a great analogy. Thank you for that. Hey, that was man, awesome. I, I try. I wanted to figure out a way to work that in graphic wise, but I just maybe. maybe Where'd you hear that? I swear. I swear to God, my own thoughts, my brain. I wow. I swear to you. I swear. Wow. Genuine so, content here. Gen I know. Like the for, for the first time ever, but <laughs> it's like a circle. They got to go all the way back around to get back in that window, and just that's that takes a long time, especially when you've you're starting almost with a clean slate because you have no. Guys on the roster where you're like, okay, this is, we have a first, we invested a first round pick in this guy. We have a, like, this is almost unprecedented. This is like if an expansion team got Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald. Like, that's kind yeah, of where they're at right now. And you're a hit with the analogies. I, I mean, come on. Uh, but <laughs> they're really starting, once this next season comes in with their draft picks, it's like, it'll be like their first draft picks they've ever had because. They have nobody on this roster where you're like, okay, well, we can expect this from this guy and this from this guy, except for those top three guys. And if this this championship window being three to four years away, I can't see even one of those guys being on this team three to four years from now. And if it is one of those guys, it's Cooper Cup, just because he's currently at an age to the point where he can still be around then. But those Stafford and Aaron Donald will not be on this team when they're in a championship window again. Yeah. Like the most exciting young players for this team are Van Jefferson, who I don't who's even like, know how I'm old sure he is. He's like twenty six or twenty seven. Yeah, exactly. Like he's not it's young. Ben Skoranek. Like that's what they're looking yeah. forward to is Ben Skoranek. Ben Skoranek, right. Joseph Noteboom, and Darion Kendrick. That's it. You can make an argument that Avila, like Cam Akers, maybe like you could be excited I'm about. I'm but so out. I'm yeah, so they out they almost traded him last they year. Were, they, they basically were told Cam us Akers. that they were going to. They were like, "We hate Cam Akers, and he's no longer going to be with the team after we trade him." And then it was the I've never seen that before ever in my entire history of watching the league. A player that was going to be traded in such a level that he was threatening to be traded. Like, it was like a done deal. And it wasn't like, because we saw this with, like, the Andre Hopkins, where it was like, I want to be out. And then he kept doing, like, this thing, like, who said I wanted to be traded? And, that like, we all knew. And then he just got cut. But, like, the fact that he's still back on the team again, it just feels so, it almost feels like Ben Simmons-esque for a little bit there, where it was just like, it's every time that there's a trade rumor, your name's in it, and you're still here. Like, yeah. What what are we doing here? And you know maybe that's already got the Achilles by the end of the season. Too. Yeah, yeah, and may and maybe Acres turns it around this year. But I just like I said, Acres plus this offensive line makes the worst rushing attack in the NFL. You know McVay's going to work his magic and scheme stuff up, but I I have no faith in it. And like you said, fantasy wise, I'm staying away from him. Uh, about as far away as I can. Yeah, I think that's a fair strategy to go about. But I think that just about does it for uh, a pretty dismal episode, to be honest. I'm just glad I got to drop that word gloom. just once. Yeah. yeah, it's doom and gloom throughout the entire episode for the L.A. Rams, who, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, just won a Super Bowl two years ago. So really don't see that too often. Never. But here we are going into the season with the Rams at 31. So, all right. Well, we will catch you on the next Power Rankings episode. Um, but, yeah, it's been a real one. It's been good to be back, uh, the original duo, and looking forward to doing it for the rest of the summer, man. Yes, sir. All right. Peace.